Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. And I'm your host, Vicki Nutley, and I come to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to share topics and guests that will empower you to grow as that confident leader and take your business to end your life to that next level. I am so thrilled to have on one of my favorite people in the world, Christine Brady. Christine is a experienced contract manager with a demonstrated history of working in the environmental planning and information technology and science industries. That's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Yes. In addition, Christine serves as a co-chair of the Thriving Communities Initiative at her company, educating employees about human trafficking and how everyone can make a difference in solving this issue. Very important. In addition to being a full-time career person, she is a full servant leader with Toastmasters International. Christine spent many years as a member of her club, and she has branched off into district leadership and uh, Toastmaster International leadership. So she'll talk more about that. But uh, we also want to let you know that when she's not busy with her regular job and Toastmasters, she also is a podcast host as well. And her podcast is currently obsessed. Now, doesn't that interest you as to what that's all about, which we'll talk to a bit later in this interview. Our theme today is managing up. I think that's a great theme for us to have. So please welcome me and in welcoming, join me in welcoming Christine Brady as today's guest. Hey, Christine. Hey, Vicki. I'm so happy to be joining you today. Well, I always give you an easy question to start out the interview to kind of break the ice. So tell the audience, what part of the country do you hail as home? Oh, I live in Orange County, California, specifically in Irvine. I grew up here. I know it's it's not rare for people to have grown up in California, but many people move here. I am a California girl, born and bred. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about this job that you hold, the contract manager job. What exactly does a contract manager do? So for my company, I work as part of a legal department, and we are responsible for, you know, reading through all of the incoming contracts that come in from various agencies. We work with a lot of city, county, and state agencies. We review those contracts. We 
take a look at those terms and conditions and we identify any red flags that might be popping up within those terms and then we negotiate those. Sometimes agencies are not willing to negotiate, so we have to decide how much risk we can take on uh, if we're going to take on a particular project. And, you know, that's what we do. Then we manage the contract from start to finish, uh, taking care of any change orders or amendments that come through, uh, doing any contract closeout documents that might need to happen. And, you know, there's a lot of little nitpicky things that go along with contracts management. I'm sure that you can imagine. Sometimes I talk to people about what I do and their eyes kind of glaze over because <laughs> they think it sounds boring. I mean, I get to read all day. I know it's legalese, but I get to spend my day reading and interacting with people and negotiating some pretty high level uh, contracts. So that's that, me in a nutshell. Yeah. And I, I imagine that's kind of really where managing up comes into play because you have these things that you're reading and there are times where you have to really identify, Hey, there's there's a risk here. That's not been called out or, you know, we need to take action and you can't just sit back and say, Hey, well, I'm not the boss. Well, right. You know, the, the key concept of managing up is to be empowered to, you know, take a stand and, and, and let, the powers that be know that there are problems or where things are going well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in a lot of cases, one huge aspect of managing up is just keeping anyone like your manager or maybe the president of the company in the loop so that there's no surprises. Yeah. A lot of times in business, surprises are bad. <laughs> Most of the time they're right. bad. Not all the time they're bad money. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, you, you never want to hit them with, oh, I forgot to tell you, surprise. Now we have liquidated damages. We have to pay $25,000 a day. You know, uh, we never, ever want to have a situation like that. And, you know, managing, managing up in that sense, I mean, you really have to be confident in what you're presenting because I have to present to upper management what these risks are and how risky they are. Sometimes you're going to point something out and say, look, they're saying this thing that just when you're talking to the, the client, don't do this, you know, and other times it's like, uh, no, we're, we could lose the company if we sign this contract the way mm-hmm. it's written. Yeah. And that's a good point that the day that you first took this job, you really probably weren't the most confident in um, your position, right? Uh, but no. now after after years, I think that changes, that confidence changes, right? It does. I would say maybe not with this job so much. It was very interesting when I came in to work for the company that I work for now. I had worked for a previous company that had a lot of the same clients. So I actually came in and was able to hit the ground running because I understood who their clients were. I'd already read through their contracts before and was very familiar with with the clients that were willing to negotiate versus the ones that were not. So I felt very lucky that I could prove myself from day one in being confident. But with the previous job, I, I couldn't do that. That's where I really had to learn and, you know, kind of cut my teeth on on contract negotiation skills and having that confidence. That was a big learning curve for me. Yeah. And a lot of the confidence comes from having, okay, I can draw back on past experiences as well as knowing that those things went well, you know, anything that didn't go well, you might approach with less confidence um, until you can say, okay, well, who do I talk to that can help me with this situation? 
So right. what do you think about delegating in, in a managing up situation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, again, I'm so lucky to work for the company that I work for because my boss is our in-house counsel. She's a lawyer. And again, with that managing up and no surprises, sometimes as we're starting to negotiate a contract or we're reading through these tricky uh, documents, I will start to bring her into the loop. And what I'm doing is prepping her for me saying, I need you to take this. <laughs> I need you to take this ball and run with it because it's going to be outside of what I can do. Mm-hmm. And she's so open to that. I mean, I know that she's working 50 or 60 hours a week, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, I am too. And she is always the first one to say, if you need help, just let me know. And awesome. yeah. And, and it's with the, the, the heavy lifting, but of course there's little things that sometimes we're like, I don't even know who to talk to about this. Can you just, can you just handle it? And she'll be like, yeah, I got it. So let's switch gears a little bit and yeah. uh, talk about how the role you're in today and in the past years, you know, even the previous job, how did they prepare you for the role that you played as a district leader in Toastmasters? And talk oh. about... With the uh, a little bit about the, you know, what is a district leader in Toastmasters? Right, right. Well, a district leader in Toastmasters is if you think of, you know, Toastmasters exists as clubs. There's clubs all over the world. And the club is really the central piece of Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. And the club is just people getting together and, and working on their public speaking skills and their leadership skills. Well, of course, like anything, anything can be organized. And clubs get organized into areas. So there might be four or five clubs inside an area. And then within the area, there'll be a division. So there'll be four or five areas within a division. And then all of those divisions that are within a geographic area that Toastmasters has decided on is a district. We are so lucky here in Orange County to be Founders District, where where Toastmasters started right here in Santa Ana. And The district leaders, when you think about it's the division directors, they're the ones handling all of those areas, and they they have, you know, area directors working under them, and then the division directors report up to a district director, and there's a few different levels of district leadership. We have our club growth director. They're responsible for growing new clubs and maintaining our existing clubs. Then we have our program quality director. They're the one responsible for education. Then you have that district director. And that person is what I call herding cats. They're trying to keep (laughs) all all the little pieces moving and organized so that we're all meeting our district mission. And the district mission is just to build new clubs and help all of our clubs achieve excellence. That's to be well-educated. That... That was an interesting question about how my job helped me in district leadership. I think one thing that I had was just the confidence to be able to talk to a lot of different people. You know, when you're managing contracts, you're talking to uh, project managers from all over your company, and they're all different levels. You have people that are, you know, vice presidents, you have executive directors, Mm -hmm. and then you also just have, you know, people who are transportation engineers, they're they're all different levels. And being able to convey information to them the way that they can understand it so that they know, you know, that it's that it's risky or not. And then, you know, just to have the confidence to talk to people. I know some people think, oh my gosh, they're, you know, the president of the company. (laughs) I can't talk to them. And it's like, no, you can. I mean, they live in a house and they probably have a dog and they have a family (laughs) and they have hobbies. Like they have things, they're very similar to us, right? Just Mm -hmm. like just us in our job. And so you can talk to anybody. And I think that 
you know, that's one thing that Toastmasters helps you do is have that confidence. But I think that my my job definitely gave me that foundation to realize that that wasn't a hurdle I had to, to jump over. So that's how you and I met. I was your regional advisor. So I was the mentor coach for you all. And in that role, you know, I got to learn a lot about you. There were some uh, challenges that you have when you have just a diverse group, because you really have to manage up, down, sideways, (laughs) backwards. And and so that is a a challenge oftentimes for your confidence because uh, you sometimes think you have to have all the answers. How did you overcome that feeling that you had to always be right or have all the answers? You know, one of the things that I had to tell myself a lot, especially as district director, was that it's that old phrase, you know, uh, doing what's right isn't always what's popular, (laughs) right? And I mean, I had to hold on to that because there were some instances where I needed to do something that I knew was right. And maybe people looking at it from the outside didn't understand why I was making the decisions I was making, but they didn't have all the information. And in some cases, I couldn't give them all the information, right? I might be dealing with a confidential situation. And you know, some of those things I think made a lot of people not like me, but I had to just keep pursuing it and say, you know, I have to do what is right and it's not going to be popular. That, that was one thing I had to hold on to. And I think another thing was, you know, we, I always tell our members in clubs that Toastmasters is the sandbox of life, right? When you're in, Mm -hmm. when you're in your club and you're, practicing giving presentations, you're working on your leadership skills, Mm -hmm. you can mess up a little bit there, right? Because it's the sandbox. It's where you're Mm -hmm. learning. And hopefully you are making some mistakes so that you can also learn from them, right? Mm -hmm. And take take what you're learning in the sandbox, in that learning lab, and apply it to, to real life. Well, in some cases, you know, district leadership can also be like that. Like there is higher stakes when you're district leader and mistakes really can affect a lot of people, but you're not leading a major corporation and making stockholders lose money. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you can hang on to that, that same thing of that, this can be the sandbox of your leadership skills, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can learn how to do it and make some mistakes along the way so that when it is higher stakes, you might have a little more confidence in, in knowing that it's going to work out or, or don't do it that way because that didn't work out. So that that's really um, something I had to remind myself of too. You know, this is, this is my time of learning. So just learn this lesson so I can, you know, move forward with it. So I guess that's a benefit, a two-way street, really. You benefited by your past experience But as being a district leader, your career actually also benefits from the added responsibilities and challenges that you had as a district leader. So it's a win-win. It is. It's a win-win. I encourage everyone to to try it, you know, dip your toe into Toastmasters (laughs) district leadership. I think it's great. Super. So I want to get, let the audience get to know you a little bit better you said that you like reading books and listening to books. So I know you walk and hike and, and do audio books. What is your current book 
that you're reading or listening to and okay, recommendations? Yes. All right. So one thing I, I love all different kinds of books and especially with audio, it's, it really is the narrator that makes it. So right now I'm actually listening to a, a book that's read by the author. And I don't know if you know, David Sedaris, he's a humor, he's a humorist and an essayist. He has such a dry cutting humor. So I'm listening to a book of his called The Best of Me. And it's where he's taken what he considers the best of all of his books and consolidated them into one word. So listening to him say his own words is wonderful because I can read it and pick up on the sarcasm, but actually listening to him put the sarcasm exactly where it needs to be is fantastic. (laughs) I love it. As far as recommendations, you know, one genre of books that I always come back to it is uh, young adult literature, and partly because I feel like the the themes can be there's a lot of dystopian literature in young adult um, fiction, but I feel like the the subject matter or maybe the relationships between characters are not as complicated as they would be in you know just a regular fiction book. So I would highly highly recommend. Um, any book by Sarah J. Moss. She's written several different series and they're a little bit fantasy. Some, some of them, they do kind of delve into some kind of adult relationship situations, but she's a great, great author. And again, because I'm listening to this uh, David Sedaris book, read any book written by him. They are, they are books that actually make me laugh out loud. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and we need that. We, we need do. that. We, do we do. definitely yeah. need that. We absolutely do. Okay. The next is one of my favorite. I even called you one day and asked you a question about this. Your interests are orchids and ukulele. Okay. I'm sensing an island theme here. Are you, yep. are you a Hawaii baby? <laughs> so tell us more. I'd just love to know where this all came from. Well, yes, I'm, I love Hawaii, and I feel like, especially on the West Coast, a lot of people take vacations to Hawaii because it's for us, it's, you know, five and a half hour flight. It's very easy. And Hawaii is, it's so wonderful. The food, the people, the views, everything is wonderful. So my husband and I got married in Maui, which was which was fantastic. Just, you know, barefoot on the beach. And it was, it was wonderful. And, you know, our initial plan was we would be barefoot on the beach. The officiant would be there and his wife is the photographer. So she would be the witness. And as we started letting people know that we were getting married, we're like, well, I want to come. I want to come. I want to come. <laughs> so we ended up having about 30 people at our wedding, which I thought was quite a lot for a destination wedding, you know? Yeah. Um, so we've always loved Hawaii. We got married around we, um, December 2nd. And, you know, that's right around Christmas time. And so we fell in love with Hawaiian Christmas music Mm. because there's just something extra joyful about Christmas music being uh, played on the ukulele. Mm. And, of course, in Hawaii, Santa's sleigh is not pulled by reindeer. (laughs) It's pulled by dolphins. And Santa has to wear a Hawaiian shirt. So, you know, it's just it's just a lot of fun. And that's mm-hmm. where that that interest came from. Um, in Hawaii, I would say with ukulele, I have a friend who her aunt actually owns a ukulele store. 
in Huntington Beach called Island Bazaar. And I, I had tried playing guitar and my hands are just a little too small to kind of manage. And I was like, maybe I could play ukulele. And my friend's like, I know someone who sells ukuleles. So my husband and I headed over there and we started playing ukulele together. Of course, he's much better at it than I am because he's a professional (laughs) musician. You know, he played bass in jazz clubs when he was young. So it it was easy for him to pick it up. But, but me, I, I struggle a little bit, but at least like he sits next to me and he gives me good musical instruction you know, like if you mess up, don't stop, keep Mm -hmm. going, you know, practice at the speed you intend to sing the song at later. So that that's kind of the ukulele thing. And then orchids. I know you love orchids too. I do. They, you know, I've tried many times in my life to have orchids and the first few times it's like the orchid, you know, buds fall off and then you're not, I wasn't quite, you know, taking the best care of them and they would die and I would throw them away. Well, my latest, you know, resurgence with orchids, I just, I kind of figured it out. So now my orchids rebloom um, every year and we're able to keep them alive. And I have, I have a lot of them all over the house and I don't know how you do it, but sometimes, cause I know I, I you know, I'm running out of shelf space <laughs> no. for plants in general, but orchids in, in particular. And <laughs> I'll just try to sneak them in. <laughs> oh, that orchid? That's been here forever. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, mine kind of like this this one space, and so now it's sort of taken over sort part of that part of that room. So I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, I hear you. Oh, you know, it's interesting. You talked about Hawaii and Maui and Christmas time, and my. I only took two trips to Hawaii, but my one trip was during Christmas and we flew over from Waikiki to Maui for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And I went to this little chapel in Maui for Christmas Day mass, um, midnight mass. And there were maybe eight or 10 people in the choir, but you would have thought with the acoustics in this little chapel that it was like this huge choir the most beautiful christmas mass i've ever been to in all my life and uh, so i have a soft spot for maui at christmas time for sure yes yes i highly recommend it yes all right so they've waited long enough currently obsessed is the podcast tell us where did this come about and you do it with a partner i'd like to know you know about that experience so tell us a little bit about this. Yes. Well, I'm so happy to talk to you about my podcast. I, I love my podcast. <laughs> we are, <laughs> we started this as it's actually a Toastmasters project within our education program. There's a project you can do called, you know, what is it like produce a podcast yeah. or, or, mm-hmm. you know, basically the project just asks you to do an episode of a, of a podcast. And I mentioned my husband being a professional musician. Well, he's also a, a certified Yamaha sound engineer. And so we have, I mean, we could have a whole three recording studios based on all the equipment <laughs> that we have in the garage. And I was talking to another Toastmasters friend of mine. Her name is Danielle Brown. She's my, my co-host. And I said, you know, I want to do this project. We should, we should do a podcast. And I said, and if we're going to get all the equipment out and plan out a whole podcast, we should just do a podcast. Like we don't, 
think we should just do one episode. Mm-hmm. And so we started working through what it would what it would be like for our podcast. And we wanted to focus on talking about things that we were interested in. And, you know, she's in her mid twenties, I'm in my mid forties. And so (laughs) it would seem like we would not be interested in the same things, but we are, you know, we are definitely interested in a lot of the same things. And we call it currently obsessed because we've, we've broken up our podcast into what we call like three segments. In that first segment, we each introduce something that we're obsessed with that week. So it could be anything. It could be, you know, a new hobby that we're trying out. It could be a TV show on Netflix. It could be a hair product or makeup. It could be anything. Um, it, she has, she's a writer and she's, she's written a, a young adult novel that she's now shopping out. And nice. so sometimes during her obsession time, she would just give us writing updates, which was really fun. Oh, neat. Yeah. And then we go into what we call like the, the meat of our episode and it will be either some current event or something going on in the world or, you know, just something that we're interested in. Mm-hmm. One of our latest episodes, we talked about uh, reinventing yourself mm-hmm. and it, it kind of came off of me binge watching reinventing Anna on Netflix. <laughs> and I said, you know, I mean, that lady was fake. Let's talk about what you could really do to kind of reinvent yourself, you know, and there's lots of things you could do. Mm-hmm. And then for our third and final segment, we, we have a little taste test and we call it putting obsessed to the taste test. And I will go out and find weird, interesting food or snack <laughs> items or sometimes little, you know, little different drink things and no. we'll try it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, tr- <laughs> yeah. we'll give it a try and we'll see how we rate it. And if we recommend, you know, if we recommend it or very occasionally we're like, Oh God, you know, <laughs> just spit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily that's not very often, but it, it's a fun time. And, you know, the feeling that we want behind our podcast is that, you know, we're sitting in a cafe somewhere and you're just like overhearing us talk about things. We just want it to be very easy. And, you know, you could definitely listen to this while you're cleaning the house and kind of have mm-hmm. pay attention and still have a good time. That's that's how we want it to go. I know the episodes that I've listened to, that's exactly the way I felt. It was, yeah, it was, it was like, oh my goodness, this is so much fun. Yeah. You guys, you do play off each other really well. We do. We do. And, you know, we're just, um, we, I just feel like she's part of my family now and, you know, we support her and everything that she does. And I know she, you know, loves us just the (laughs) same. So yeah, we're, we're great together. Awesome. All right. So Last couple of questions. What would be three pieces of advice that you would give to your 20 or 30 year old self? Gosh, you know, the first thing would be just to relax. You know, I felt like in my 20s, I was so worried about doing everything perfectly and not messing anything up. And I was just so uptight about a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I've relaxed a little bit because I've realized, you know, there's not some of those things I was getting wound up about. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, just kind of relax. I think the the second thing is to, um, you know, really evaluate who you're spending your time with. You know, like those people can really influence who you are and 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 how you are uh, expressing yourself and kind of the, right. the activities that you're involved in. So, you know, be very choosy about the people that you're with. And then, you know, um, 
I think when I was younger, I was really trying out a lot of things and finding out that I liked a lot of things, but then not <laughs> sticking with it. So I think I would have said, you know, maybe like pick, pick one or two and just stick with it and, and see where that can go. Because, you know, at this point, I mean, I, I have so many things that I could say are hobbies that I haven't stuck with. Mm-hmm. And if I had, I mean, I could probably be featured in, you know, <laughs> some kind of hobbyist magazine as like an expert in something. So um, yeah, definitely like right. find things and stick with them, you know? That's yeah. Right. It takes yeah. Us just little steps to get to be uh, really good at something. Yes. Yep. Nobody's an overnight success. <laughs> no, that's true. Not, not any one of us. <laughs> All right. Here comes the time that you might most be worried about. Yes. It is time for the rapid five questions or phrases. (laughs) I will give you a word or a phrase, and you have a minute to answer each one. Okay. Guinea pig. (laughs) Oh, I have two guinea pigs, Lucy and Betty. They're both hairless, and they're both mean. I don't know if it's because they're hairless, (laughs) but they are mean little girls. But that just makes me love them all the same and better. Yeah. Yeah. Do they bite? Uh, Lucy, Lucy bites. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. What I, my experience with guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I know you love Florida. What's your favorite spot there? <gasps> oh, Clearwater Beach is my absolute <laughs> favorite place. You know, on the Gulf, there's nothing like the white sand yes. in Florida. And, you know, I love Hawaii. They have great beaches, but the white powdery sand on the Gulf mm-hmm. and especially in Clearwater, the one beautiful thing in Clearwater is you have this white sand and every hotel that's on the water has their own color of umbrella and beach chair. <sighs> and so they're just, and they're all these like beautiful colors, like white and, and yellow, white and teal, all teal, green, you know, and it just, it makes such a pretty picture on the beach to have all of those uh, put together, but it, it's nice. gorgeous. I love, love that place in Florida. Next time you come, you should tell me. I'll just have to drive on down. I think, yeah, you will. (laughs) (laughs) Next one. I know the answer to this, but I think the audience will like to hear whiskey or wine. (laughs) Oh, man, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, so (laughs) I know, you know, it's funny. I love them both, but I am in some wine clubs. Okay. So um, we do have a number of wineries in California and one Mm -hmm. of our favorite spots is just a little local winery. It's called Cowboy Canyon and it's out in Santiago Canyon here in Orange County. And you drive over there and it's like you're out in, you know, the middle Mm -hmm. of nowhere Mm -hmm. and they have horses there and it's just so fun. So, you know, having a nice glass of wine in the sun, always so good. That maybe that that pushes wine up into the the top spot because you really could have wine at any time of day, and no one will think twice. That's right. But if you're drinking whiskey at ten in the morning, people think you have a problem, <laughs> and they'd probably be right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, best thing about doing a podcast with a partner. Oh, gosh, you know, we have so many funny stories just about our planning sessions. (laughs) And, you know, I know every time somebody listens to an episode, they just hear us saying hello. And, you know, we start the podcast, but they don't realize that we've been at the table, like dying of (laughs) laughter for 10, 15 minutes beforehand, and trying to get ourselves together to start recording. And they also, through the magic of editing, never know about the mistakes that you made. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we know never, never mistakes and yeah and that's never 
authentic, right? Absolutely. All right. And the last one is top three things to prepare to speak in person. You know, that's our confidence breaker there sometimes. It is the top three things. The first one is that the audience would rather have you speaking than them. So they're going to support you in every step of the way, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing would be to breathe. I think it's very, very important to make sure that you're taking some deep breaths. So true, right? I know when I first started in Toastmasters, I would, I recognized that my breathing would be really weird at the beginning of my speech. And it was because I was nervous. I was Mm -hmm. doing, you know, a lot of shallow breaths and you could definitely hear it. I would sound really breathy. So now I know, you know, take some of those deep breaths before you get up there and just keep thinking about a deep breath as you're, as you're speaking so that your voice will be normal Mm -hmm. instead of all shaky and breathy. And then the third thing, you know, here's what I always think a good hairstyle and some red (laughs) lipstick are going to make you feel so much more confident. And so look, look good. You know, if, if it's red lipstick and, and, and straighten your hair, do that. If it's a suit and tie, do that, you know, wear your favorite, um, you know, sweater or something just to make you feel good. If you feel good, you will exude that confidence and people will pick up on it. So true. I used to, when I was in the corporate world, when I was not feeling well, I would, actually work harder to make myself look better because then I wouldn't in my mind be exuding this feeling of crap (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs) oh so true so true all right I'm now's the time that we really want to share the contact information with our audience so how they can get in touch with you and um So I'm going to share my screen and they can, this is their warning that if they want to capture that, they can take a screenshot of it and um, we will read it over uh, out loud so that the folks that are just listening to the audio can capture it as well. And so here we go. So we have Christine Brady's, our contact information. She is at B-A-B-A Kitty, Baba Kitty at gmail.com. Again, that's B-A-B-A-K-I-T-T-Y at gmail.com. Her website is www.currentlyobsessedclub.com, currentlyobsessedclub.com. And then her social media is um, Facebook. It's Christine Marie Brady. Sounds like what my mom would ye- you know yell if I did something bad. You know, oh, yeah. Christine Marie, come here. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then Instagram is that baby kitty again, Baba Kitty again. And then uh, LinkedIn is Christine Dash Brady Dash DTM, and we'll talk about that in a second. Dash IPDD. Dash seven nine seven six four five eight, and again, if you have uh, watching this on video, you can get a screenshot. If not, definitely, if you want to get those other pieces of information, email Christine at babakitty dot at gmail dot com. So, uh, did you want to give them any free gift or? Um, Yes, Vicki, actually, I would, I would be so happy to just do a little 15 minute consultation with anyone who's interested in starting a podcast. 
you know, I think I know not everybody has the benefit of having all of the equipment <laughs> in their garage. So I would be happy to talk through what that equipment looks like, how we post and, and where, and, you know, just how to think about, you know, advertising your podcast to get that audience engaged. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So again, if you are interested in having a short conversation with Christine, you can go ahead and email her at babakitty at gmail.com. And please visit her website to uh, check out her podcast at currentlyobsessedclub.com. And I couldn't end this uh, piece of me sharing things without sharing one thing as a personal promotion. Again, uh, those of you that have listened to other episodes, you know that I just recently had a book published and it is unstoppable, being fierce, fearless, and unfuckwithable in life and business. And I am chapter five. So go to Amazon.com to pick up your copy today. Stop sharing here for a second as we close out this. So I want to just welcome or thank Christine for being my guest this afternoon, this evening, this morning, wherever you're watching it from. And uh, thank you for the great tips you shared about managing up and the tools that we could use. Also, uh, letting us get to know you a little bit better and see what makes Christine tick. So thank you so much. Again, please take a moment to go see her website at currentlyobsessedclub.com. And I thank you all for being here. Remember, Thanks for having me. So until next time, remember life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.